0: Warning to our listeners, this episode contains references to suicide. Thrive and Survive, episode 6, discusses candour at work. We encourage employers to discuss the messy realities of work. Candour is a two-way street and effective pathways are needed to discuss what's what. In a frank and open manner, we encourage businesses to create scenarios, to imaginate while you simulate the realities of work, and we use this to launch quality, candid conversations. In doing so, we invite listeners to design work for health, wellness, well-being, and wholeness. Let's get holistic. And Alan, girl. Yeah, and it's thrive's it's right important. I'm going to ask you this: What's your definition of thrive?
1: Inspired, great things also look after themselves. Yep. Knowledge and capability and resource to be able to look after themselves and achieve great things. Yep. Genesis, you hear me talk about that a lot—not yep. just pathogenesis—and I've used those terms. Do they have some meaning in their work? Is it comprehensible? Do they understand it? Uh, is it manageable? And is there a sense of coherence? And that meaning links to purpose, but around that, they're also in those spaces, places that matter. So they want to do the work, they're motivated to do it, and they have the resources to do it, they're inspired. Do really concentrated work. Yes, great. You can get into flow, but you need rest and recovery. The neuroscience is there. You absolutely need to replenish. Your best ideas may come in the shower, right? <laughs> because you've oh, taken yeah. yourself away from that Unless you're not in a motel room. Not team. that motel room, right? no, no, like, Not holding on to a Once of day. <laughs> yeah. may come on the, the walk with the dog where the bees are right? yeah, But so you've had some and, reflection and time. So whether it's physical or whether yeah. it's psychosocial and cognitive, And if you're looking at exposure time, uh, hazard exposure, duration of engagement, you're going to construct health tolerance if you have frequent rest and recovery breaks. So that workplace should know that being exposed all the time to really confronting material meant that that person needed more rest and recovery. So for that worker who's also, you know... Uh, constantly exposed to work where they are frontline workers, they don't have the chance, the choice to come home or go, do we give them extra vacation breaks? Yeah, do we well. allow them um, you know, another way of having a choice about where they work? Do they get different industrial relations benefits yeah. because they're exposed? sign for a better word. So the guy that has to work at concerts, does he get the same benefits? Guy or girl, but in this case, she mentioned a guy. Does he get the same benefits and uh, as another worker? Or do they get extra vacation and, and breaks uh, to have an, an equivalent job experience that enables you to thrive? For this lawyer, does she allow, is she allowed job rotation, um, more vacation breaks? I'm using that example, right? or change in activity, extra support so she can get out of the office space because they have a focus room, a recovery room, a retreat room, or or is it happening? Threshold tolerance that I'm talking about, lowering the tolerance. You have detection systems, right? Allostasis is better regulated when you have lots of calm and rest. Yeah. Right. The mind can't think without rest.
2: I think for businesses that are struggling with all of these concepts and they're thinking it's too much, yeah. where we're going to go and where business is going to have to go is more honesty in the position description, more honesty in what the job is. So, if you take uh, front counter workers, mm-hmm. you were describing, I think it's important to say to applicants for those positions, there will be occasions where you'll have a
0: difficult customer that you have to deal with.
1: A lot. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe a lot. Depends on the business. While you're uh, teaching, whatever. I've, you're I've got
0: another C word I want to introduce. <laughs> what is yes. that? Candor. Um, can- oh, well, yes, we're missing candour from candor. the equation, both employee and employer. and you've So just you've closures, right? candor. Just be frank and
2: candid. You want to say to your workers, whether they be employees or otherwise, this is part and parcel of the job yeah. and if you didn't want to do this type of work then you shouldn't have applied for the job, then you need candour in yeah. that front end where you describe what the job is and not just what the good things are but the more challenging yeah. things and not just what the expectations are but the challenges
0: of the role as well. Yeah, because we expect employees not, as a manager and employer, working for the employer, you expect employees not to be naughty or not to lie and not to frolic and say they went to win for the fish and chips when they only lived around the corner. To We expect candour from them. But I think candour is a two-way street.
1: And and it's a pathway for that consultation to be effective Mm. because if there's a disclosure, then you have a chance for the other person to respond to talk about what they might need in that situation. I'm going to give you guys a real seemingly simple example, right? So uh, you go into those banks now, right, that are now relationship centres. They're no longer just banks. There's no security guard there. The space looks like... Cafe culture cool, different colors. You want to sit and have a little, you know, sit and lounge there is what it looks like. It no longer looks like a bank, it must be familiar, like home, a living room. So, I talked to some of the customer service representatives, and which are now called in many banks called concierge, Hmm. where they just triage what the customer's needs are and supposed to put them in that nice, comfortable space. And we say, hey, there's no longer a, an official bank teller anymore in some of these banks, right? They're more, uh, we have a lot of cashless society, right? We have, uh, maybe we're trying to sell insurance and home loans in that space more. And we're just providing service to your accounts. So you're seeing this change. But the person at the front desk says, well, hang on a minute. Uh, I know that I still might have somebody that thinks this is a bank and walks in and wants to rob me. I've always been trained that I should have money ready to give them no matter what to appease them and hope that they leave.
2: You know, that, that was all driven by risk assessments. So they they risk assessed the two different working environments. You've got the teller behind the screen with the emergency button Buttons. that they can press and the giveaway cash. And then you have that open plan and the risk assessment showed that the open plan was... Um, less hazardous
1: right so now now i've still got fear and anxiety from the person who's traditionally trained in banking saying i actually have nothing to hand over yes the system has gone too far the other way and i have another situation in in a very similar setting another uh, financial institution where it's all open plan now and somebody actually does have a meltdown and I've been told that another customer in line or in that space, got, it's not even really a line anymore in that shared space, tries to intervene because they're feeling far, sorry for the staff. And the whole room is hearing this meltdown. Yeah. And we're in a shopping centre. There's no security security yep. guard immediately available. It takes 12 minutes to make a phone call and get them there. it will be 20 minutes for the police to get here and actually find a park.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and not just in that particular work situation but in lots of work situations it's really important to do role plays
1: bingo so simulations
2: you know. Yep, absolutely
1: oh you're just talking my language that's part of design right? then, design and then, discovery and simulations modeling yep. discovery that can allow, allow modeling and simulations so little trials and iterations of a design practice yep. bingo
2: and that's when you discover uh, and maybe the worker discovers that pressing the emergency button is a really hard thing to do, then they might be paralysed. The button might be within centimetres of their hand, but they just can't reach out and press it. Now, if you do role plays, and that can help that worker to do something as simple as press an emergency button.
1: And having a personal alert on them because they're walking around anywhere in that space. Yeah, too. Yeah. yeah. So that Having they multiple can, systems yeah. of interface.
0: It, to me, it just sounds like Good management, and I guess that's where I'm coming from, trying to modify the attitudes and beliefs and behaviours of management, it means to be to be present, not just simply ticking off the list to say, we've got this, we've invested this, we've got an, an anonymous helpline if you're having, struggling, but to actually be present.
1: Right, yeah. absolutely. And that goes back to that whole metaverse talk, because that is also a space to do it. If you do have the budget, if you are a larger employer and can create these scenarios, you can. Test it out. We call it a focused recall, where you actually have a scene played out. Mm. You stop, and then pause and reflect, and tell a few stories as a group.
0: Mm. See, Alan, I'm going to challenge you. I think even an SME, a small medium enterprise, with given with the resources they have, could still do that. Exactly what Sarah just said. Then they could still they could. It'll be lower budget, uh, mm. so it won't be a five star hotel. It'll be a, a three star for a better uh, description but they can do it alan
1: let me give you an example of something we use for university uh, education and tutorials we call it tag team simulation okay. right so we create a scenario and role play use role play it's exactly that but the rest of the employees or in this case the students are watching so
0: a face-to-face or virtual face-to-face no man.
1: media to create right, right. Just set the scene through yep. storytelling. Yep. So, Trey, you're a character. You might be yep. the the uh, customer service, right? Yep. Okay? okay. I'm your customer. You're a manager. Alan's sitting down the hallway, but have some awareness of what's happening in this fairly fairly open plan. Yep. But we have a few other employees. We have a loan officer, a finance manager. They're just going to watch, and we're going to start role-playing what might happen Tag team simulation means that you can tag another person to suddenly step into that and change the dynamics of that role play, and I can either say I'm stuck now. I'm going to phone a friend. Sort of like and tag, up, like wrestling. Like is it? Really? Oh yeah, like uh, tag out, but it keeps out, going. Tap, tap, out. tap out. You, you keep, tap it, out. It keeps going. It's dynamic. So I might say I'm stuck now. I'm going to phone a friend and. All of this group has to be very attentive because they might be called okay. in any time. They walk into my spot, continue the role play. Or if I'm a facilitator, I walk around the room, tag somebody, they need to come on in. So this is a great learning teams experience. You're talking about an incident investigation and they're doing these learning teams, mm-hmm. right? How would you actually learn from this situation? Here's just one method, a tag team simulation. That's yeah, really see,
2: we, great, the we, we training. We do that as well in... Um, working environments where people are concerned about if they were confronted by uh, a work health and safety charge, if they were being prosecuted, would they meet their due diligence obligations? And, you know, we often develop role-playing exercises for that. I, I haven't actually done the the um call in a friend to take your place. Which is a great idea. A great idea. You could,
1: you no do. anxiety in that, right? Then then if I do get stuck, it's like, okay, I'm gonna learn from someone else you and t- I'm and I'm not feeling so embarrassed about what I say or do. And everyone in the room has to be on alert. No one can be checking their phones and falling asleep.
0: Depending on the size of the organization, it can work, whether it's just eight boys to fifty to hundred. Well, if you sweep as five target.
2: people, Correct. then you can give all five people uh, an opportunity to uh, respond to demands about what they've done to satisfy their due diligence obligations.
0: That's right, and that would satisfy an element. And you, you feel good. That's with, going to be yeah. advertised soon, right? You're going to be published. That's it. There's a
1: workshop coming soon. We'll
0: post that later. <laughs> yeah, no, and that's the thing, like it, it is. And I imagine, I mean, certainly the experience I have with that type of sort of vignette scene playing would be that, you know, people get hyped, they get vibed, they're positive. I presume most of them eventually. The reluctant ones would will get into it because you sort of cater to make sure it's facilitative. You you try, to it you you try, try to make it fun. So exactly. But can't. even
1: Probably thinking about this, this lawyer who's being exposed to horrible material, yeah. could you actually unpack that in a little work meeting to say, you know? Uh, characterize this allow this woman to see another person playing a character who's more vulnerable than she wants to believe she is right set the scene with somebody with and allow her to watch that unfold to see if you're role-playing as an actor and you can hire actors for this sometimes yes. you can even look at that you can throw yeah. in a couple of yeah. trained actors mm. to really embellish this right and set the scene and if that lawyer then watches somebody who might be vulnerable talk about all of their exposures then you say well what would you design for them yeah. So now, now you don't have to admit your own vulnerabilities, right? And you characterize it. You create, and that goes back to what I said, personas.
0: Unfortunately, I'm also thinking of the poor Victorian solicitor. Everybody knew the workloads were over the top and extreme. This was only a couple of years ago. You know that workplace, for example, is hectic. You know there are huge workload demands. Okay, you have identified that. No longer an excuse, I think, for, for employees to say, I didn't know that person was so stressed. Neither is it an excuse to say, oh, yes, we were aware that person had issues. Either way, it's about what are you going to do? How are you going to implement to try and resolve some of these issues in a reasonable context? If you know your workplace is out of control or if you know it's toxic because people have reported it, then I think you've got to get creative and start thinking of ways. And these, um, yeah, I'd call them interventions are fantastic.
1: Let me take you on a tangent about this whole continuum of health, wellness, well-being and something called wholeness, okay? So bear with me for a moment. If we we talk about health and wellness, we often associate that with physical measures, our heart rate, you know, maybe our blood cholesterol, those kinds of aspects of how many steps we've taken. If you're looking at lead indicators, your pedometer, um, those are some of the measures and some of the activities and the programs that may happen at work that are traditional add on to health and wellness, right? We still want to design the work for health and wellness, but the next phase then may be this aspect of uh, well-being, which tends to reflect more a little bit about how the mind is, the effect, the social relations, the climate surveys, that kind of thing. So if health and wellness is symbolized, you know, just by the hand, the things you do, the grass, the physical activity, and well-being might be symbolized by heart. You still have heart rate measures, blood pressure, right, can be regulated. There's a little synergistic relationship, body and mind. And then you have this aspect of wholeness. Wholeness is doing something that you love, and the symbol might be the brain. And wholeness is being so inspired, you feel like I have purpose, right, that I work with purpose. But what it might do is short-term take you out of balance on these other measures of how well you're eating, right? You might be working late doing a podcast, okay mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> you may yeah, be um uh, yeah. you may be working late on a design project to create interior yeah. design of a new space and you've got deadlines right
0: Or you're going the extra mile
1: going the extra mile to create a new lecture Trish, yeah. to solve and advance a case and help your client win alan all right so you're going the extra mile you're working extra but you're so inspired on that Maslow's hierarchy hmm. of being it's actualized. Like needs. Right? You're, you're being actualized those base needs. So you're being actualized by doing that work. The lawyer who is helping clients who've been exposed to child abuse, and she's helping children win their cases. She is inspiring what she's doing. Yeah. But the whole concept of well, of wholeness. The whole concept of wholeness is that it's okay to temporarily take yourself out of balance as it would be measured by traditional health and well-being measures as long as mm. as long as you have the resource, the time ah. and the space, like I said earlier, the recovery, to be able to replenish your reserves and know that you may have to get out of balance for your work again.
0: So what I'm hearing from this is, you use you singular as in that person that worker does it also mean then um, the uh, the employer the
1: employer should needs know part of this. this is work that is highly demanding so demanding and that our people are so motivated that they're yeah. likely to overwork in yeah. traditional sense it's the antithesis
0: of alienation or being disengaged in fact you're, you're so engaged. <laughs> so
1: engaged, right? Yeah, you're so engaged. And mm. there's a researcher, Charlie Groundham, who talks about this in workplace design, right? So you're so engaged in your work. You're so immersed. And lawyers would certainly be in yep. that risk Alan, category. if
0: leading up to a trial or preparation. Oh, absolutely. Defense. You do. I know. Do do a lot, lot of work which never gets used. Yeah, because you have that extra engagement. Yeah, case. the, the cases are only times preparing, but before any, any big trial.
1: Recognise those jobs that are particularly engaging and yes. have some strategies in place as an employer, not just an individual, not relying on an individual who might be lost in uh, expectations or perceived expectations. So it has to be built into the system, which now goes back to the employer's obligations, as you mentioned.
0: Modern work as we know it. And I mean, yes, we're all sitting here in a reasonably privileged position, uh, to pontificate and I guess <laughs> navel gaze but at the end of the day these are basic these are central pillars which can be applied irrespective of the task at hand but this idea of recovery is really mm. important because an unrecovered worker is a worker who cannot thrive um, and the point of thriving is means hey you're feeling good about it you're getting paid but more importantly productivity and everything has to be measured against something, you're getting productivity.
1: You want to be replenished. And there's a lot of discipline that's required then in that design of work, a lot of discipline. So sometimes you think about good work design and design generally allowing to have, you know, a lot of uncertainty and having a threshold tolerance for, if you will, a tolerance for failure so that you can be creative. But it doesn't go without actually expecting that there's still a discipline in a design process and that, in fact, there's a heck of a lot of capability because you can only really learn from things not going right if there's very capable uh, people and mm-hmm. the right roles involved. It's not just stumbling around and making a mess all the time, right? So it's got to have those, drop, those props, those structure and that support. So knowing how to design work for somebody who's in this highly engaged but potentially traumatic or vicarious Trauma exposures in that kind of situation requires the discipline of design. So
0: you just got to have that appetite for design. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's, that's, I mean, hope awesome. <laughs> <I mean,
0: yeah, laughs> you no, no. I really enjoyed that episode of why Work. You've been listening to Trage, Sarah and Alan. And if you'd like to know more about some of the things we've talked about today, please subscribe and we'd be more than happy to provide you with information, names of cases and other things that may interest you. Please be aware that none of the matters we've talked about today should be construed as legal advice or any other type of advice. We're just here to talk about all things related to work. See you next time.